Welcome back to Health is Your Wealth, a Walton County conversation. I'm Dee Dee Harris. I'm the executive director of Walton Wellness, Inc., a nonprofit located here in Walton County. We are dedicated to the prevention of lifestyle-related chronic illness. And I am back with my wonderful co-host, Bruce Young. No, you're too nice, Dee Dee. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) It's good to be here. And we also want to thank all of our listeners um, we've had a good uh, listenership. Um, yeah, we think that's the word. That, that's the word, yeah, <laughs> uh, with our first series. And we want to hear from you. We want to hear comments, comments, comments. Uh, yes, we'll comments, comments. We'll take, we'll take complaints <laughs> as well. But you can reach us at Walton Wellness at Gmail or message us on Facebook with uh, any topics that you'd like to hear. Yeah, that would be awesome. So we're back with another series. Our last series was on the opioid opioid epidemic here in Walton County, kind of tongue-tied there. Um, we're back with another series that's a very important topic in our community, and that is the topic of suicide. And um, unfortunately, that is not anything that is uncommon in our community. As a matter of fact, if you haven't listened to the first episode, you can hear all the statistics of our community related to suicide as well as the state of Georgia. But we do have an alarmingly high rate of suicide here in Walton County, definitely compared to our other counties. Surrounding counties. And we definitely encourage you to listen to that first episode um, the intro because it has all the stats that are pretty astounding. So we recommend you start there first. Yeah. So we are on with our second interview. Yeah. And this is number two in our series. And this is with a minister, local minister, and his name is Adam Turner. Yeah. He is actually the minister of Corinth Christian Church which is um, in the youth area of Walton County. If you're familiar with youth middle school, youth elementary school, it is that kind of area right next to Walnut Grove. Kind of between Walnut Grove and Loganville is where youth is. And Corinth Christian is a church that has been there, gosh, since the 1800s. So it's been around for quite some time. Um, And Adam Turner has been the minister there, I think, for maybe... Um, probably 15 years or something, but he is still a young guy. And, um, you know, one of the things, and I do mention this in the interview, was I did try to get in touch with several ministers in our community. And Adam was the only one that got back with me, which I was a little bit disappointed. Not sure what that's about, not trying to accuse anybody, but I was disappointed to not hear from another minister. Yeah. Um, but Adam did, so. It's a sensitive subject, I guess, but, you know, hats off to, to Adam for uh, for getting back with you, and I look forward to listening to it. So here's number two with the minister from Corinth, Adam Turner. Okay. 
Well, Adam, I want to say welcome to Health is Your Wealth, Walton County Conversation Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. Do you want to introduce yourself to everyone? Sure. I'm, I'm Adam Turner. I've lived in Walton County for uh, uh, do you 14 want to say this? years now. 14 years. So You stayed! We did. <laughs> we came from southwest Missouri, moved out here to work at a great church, met some great people. And uh, like I said, we've been here for 14 years now, and, you know... Lord willing, will bury me across the street or something like that. Wow. So. Uh, what's your family say about that? You've been here for 14 years. Did they ever think you would stay? I think so. Oh, um, really? At least my, my side did. You know, my, my, my wife's parents were always a little bit more on the other side of, you know, you should, you've you're been gone. Come home. Yeah, you've been gone for five <laughs> years and gone for that. But no, I, I mean, even even uh, her family is just like, we get it. We understand. Right. So, yeah. Very cool. It's, it's a great place to be. Really is. So tell us um, exactly what you do. I'm the senior minister at Corinth Christian Church uh, over here in Loganville, Walnut Grove, Youth, wherever. Yeah, it's kind of confusing when you try to tell somebody yeah. this area. You kind of yeah. like, do you know Loganville? Do you know Youth? Yeah. What about Walnut Grove? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's really fun to say you know where the big cemetery is. We're across the street oh, okay. from that. <laughs> so everybody recognizes the cemetery. I didn't yeah. know that. That's yeah, good. You got the, you got it's the a cemetery, landmark. and then you know you've got a youth middle school too that you're able to just kind of say just down the road from that. Oh, that's true. Very so, true. But yeah. Well, as you know, um, Walton Wellness has been focusing on doing a mm-hmm. series about suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it is not an uncommon thing in our community. And as I've been doing my research, uh, my husband, being that he is the jail commander, um, we obviously are kind of privy to the number of suicides mm-hmm. that happen in our community. So I hear about it a lot. Um, And we've thought for several years, he and I both have had conversations that we really felt like the suicide rate in Walton County was higher. And and we didn't have anything to back that up other than what we were hearing. And so when I wanted to do this series for the podcast and I started doing some research, I actually found that Walton County's numbers are kind of bad. They are higher than the state average. And... um, in 2016, we were at the rate. Now, of course, this right. is rate. This um, they do the rate at per 100,000, okay. and that's just so they can compare apple to apples. I mean, obviously, Gwinnett County has more people than mm-hmm. we do, um, so they might actually have a higher number of suicides. But you know, looking at per capita, um, so our rate in 2016 was around 23%, and wow. the state average was 13%. Um, so I think that, to me, is alarming. Yeah. And um, so I, my purpose behind this podcast is I just want to start a conversation in the community, mm. and I'm hoping that people will pay attention to that conversation. And I think that faith is yeah. a huge part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's one reason why we wanted to talk to you. I do want to just ask you, were you surprised? I sent you those numbers prior to recording. I didn't know if you had a chance to look over them, but were you surprised? It it was a a little, um, it was a little, little surprising because, you know, my math's not great, uh, but it it sounds like it's almost double. (laughs) I mean, almost, yeah, you know, almost double. And, um, you know, I know it's not necessarily the the biggest county, you know, around, but it's not a small county by any stretch of the imagination. And, so yeah, that, that did surprise me um, a little bit. Um, now, just you know, personally, you know, uh, through my kids being in high school, you know, unfortunately, we hear about it. You know, uh, in fact, 
I don't know whenever this airs or anything like that, but just uh, within the last couple of weeks, you know, there was a high school student that, you know, took his life. My son came and knocked on our door at like 11 o'clock at night, and he's like, Dad, you know, and told us what was going on. Um, You know, and so while the the sheer number surprises me a little bit, it is something that, that we do see a lot. Yeah. You know, we hear about. Right. You know, a lot. So, yeah. Well, tell us, just to start us off with the conversation, um, can you tell us a little bit about your experience mm-hmm. with suicide? And, and when I say professional, obviously you are a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, right. A lot of times people might not think of ministers being professional, but right. you are. So your professional experience or personal experience, whatever, um, kind yeah. of give us a little bit of history on this topic for you. Yeah, I, I think most of my professional experience uh, with this has been mostly with uh, those left behind. Um, you know, uh, dealing with, you know, spouses, uh, children, um, parents, unfortunately, you know, right. sometimes who have um, lost a loved one to this. Um, you know, I've been in the, the home, not in the home, you know, where it happened or right, anything like right. that, but just hours after, you know, uh, consoling, you know, trying to console, you know, parents whose you know, son just ended his own life. Um, you know, uh, been to way too many funerals. Yeah. I've done gravesides, you know, and it's just, a, it's, it's a difficult, uh, season to walk through and difficult event to walk through. So, um, that's probably, you know, just, you know, kind of professionally, you know, personally really haven't, you know, in, in my family that I know of, I don't know of anybody or anything like that. Right. Uh, personally, the one that I remember the most of just, kind of just like triggering a um good grief this is a this is a problem you know kind of thing would have been uh, believe it or not robin williams uh, right I, I, right you know that whenever, was big that was i was upset one. too I, I was just like <laughs> holy cow y- you know yeah um so i think that was probably when my, my brain first really just kind of like there, there's an issue here yeah there, there really is you know what is causing people um to think that um there's just no other way out you know, right. this. and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So, well, being that you are a professional, and uh. we're here to talk to you about your profession, mm-hmm. being a minister. So, tell us. I mean, just directly, what does the Bible say about suicide? I mean, from your research. Yeah. Uh, it, oddly enough, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about it. Wow. It really doesn't. So, in, in the Bible, there are seven stories about suicide. Uh, six of those are in the uh, field of battle. And so oh. somebody is presented with the choice of either be captured or in your own life, and so they choose to, to end their own life. Um, the only one that I would say is probably more um, akin to what we see today would, uh, believe it or not, be uh, Judas's. Right. You know, to where he is overwhelmed with guilt and shame and instead of, you know, trying to work through those issues, you know, he chooses to end his own life. Uh, so that's probably the, the closest thing um, to what we would say is, you know, suicide right. uh, going on. Uh, but what, what's odd, though, is Bible really doesn't offer any commentary on the morality of any of this. Right. You know, it's just like, yeah, this happened. And then there yeah. was something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, what happens then is that that weird silence, you know, just causes people to just like, you know, fill come, in the blank. Fill in the blank, and really, they come into two extreme conclusions. You know, you got one group that's going to say, 
you know, it's just the unforgivable sin, and, you know, so if somebody does that, they're going to go straight to hell. And then the other side um, would say, well, it's just morally neutral. It doesn't really matter. Right. It, you know, and so you just kind of get those two just extreme uh, positions. Uh, but, you know, really, you know, truth is in the middle right. of that. Um, well, let me ask yeah. you, um, so you personally mm-hmm. as a minister, when the Bible is silent on something, mm-hmm. what's your method of working yeah. through that? Well, I, I think that we try to find uh, principles. Um, you know, if we don't have an explicit, thus saith the Lord, um, then what does the Bible seem to be hinting at? So one of the seven stories that is there is the story of King Saul. Okay, so King Saul um, is the guy that was in the fight with King David, or before David was actually king. And so Saul is uh, going to go out into battle. He does this thing. It's a weird story. If you want to read it, it's in 1 Samuel 28. Yeah, I was going to ask you, where is this? Yeah, he, <laughs> um, he goes and he consults with this witch of Endor. And in this consultation, Samuel, who was the prophet who anointed Saul to be king, actually shows up in this vision. And Samuel tells Saul, so Samuel's dead at this point. Right. Samuel tells Saul, tomorrow you're going to be with me. So Saul ends up choosing to fall on his own sword, you know, to, to end his own life. But yet Samuel knows this is going to take place. Right. And Samuel is a godly man, a godly prophet. And he's saying to Saul, you'll be with me tomorrow. So Samuel's not in hell. Right, right. So we can kind of start to draw some conclusions, you know, and just say, okay, so obviously he's saying to Saul, even though you've been a a mess up, a whack up, you know, you're still going to be with me tomorrow. Right. And so that's one of those things that kind of, for me, just kind of puts, you know, a little bit of that to bed of just like, well, then obviously if somebody commits suicide, they, they immediately go to hell. It's like, well... I don't know about that. That's interesting, yeah. You know, because that's not the case with Saul. Right. And Saul definitely chose to end his own life. So in that story, Mm -hmm. um, did Saul, was was it a choice between being captured or ending his own life, or did they give that detail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the armies are Again, it was like an honor, almost a... It's an honor-shame culture, you know, right. and so... Because um, yep. we think about that in World War II mm-hmm. with Japanese soldiers. Yes. You, you always hear about that with the Japanese soldiers yeah. and, and then, you know, stabbing themselves in yeah. the belly or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of the same culture. Absolutely, yeah, that honor-shame kind of culture. And so instead of living with the shame of being, you know, a captured king, he chooses to end his own life. Um, but, you know, just kind of the, the point being for me is that you know so you look at that and so you can't do a there's a thus saith the lord on this but so can we start to piece things together you know on this and you know obviously the bible says that you know murder is a sin right I mean, you, that's that's like top 10 right you know, kind, of, kind of things <laughs> there and you know suicide's murder uh, of the self so you know it is it is sin right I mean, we, we can't just go oh you know that whole morally neutral kind of thing you know right. we, we can't do that it, it is a sin but um, it, 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 it's not this unforgivable sin. And you really hesitate in saying that. Right. Um, because, like, if, if I were talking with somebody who would come in and sit down in my office and say, hey, Adam, I got, I got a question for you. Suicide, the unforgivable sin? One of my thoughts is, is this person asking a theological question or a permission question? Right. Hmm. You know, are, are they looking for me to say, yeah, no, it's not an unforgivable sin. And so they're going to go, okay, 
Right. You know, and then choose to make a, a horrific choice. Um, so it, it, it is a, to, it's a really fine line there. To while, yeah, theologically, I feel 100% comfortable saying this is not an immediate ticket to hell. Right. Uh, pastorally and, you know, on just a personal level, it's like, how do we, how do we navigate through this right. together? You know, so that I'm not saying something that you're interpreting into a, a license to do something, to do something that you can't undo. So let me ask you, when did you first start piecing this together for, for you and for your ministry? Um, so probably, it's probably about uh, seven or eight years ago. Um, I did a series. I completely ripped it off from other people that I'd seen do it, but it's just a, it's like a you ask for it, you know, kind of series right. to where I would just hand out cards to the church and just say, hey, um, I'm going to spend four weeks answering as many questions from y'all, you know, as you can ask, and, um, and as many as we can fit into our, you know, 30 minute time slot. Right. And um, those things just started, you know, that was one of the, the, the big questions that comes in, you know, suicide. And, and we've done that series three or four times over the past several years. And every time I do it, you know, I know that's one of the questions that's going to be asked. And so um, in that, you know, just kind of the way I'm wired is, you know, if I haven't thought of something before and somebody's asking me a new question, it's like, well, uh, let's do it. Let's do a deep dive. Let's find out, you know, what is it? And right. so I... You know, go to my resources, go to my my people that I trust, and we just start studying things together and uh, kind of coming to, um, I guess, conclusions is, right. is the right word there. Uh, just trying to how how can we be helpful, not hurtful, you know, and help people just kind of have um, good answers, good information, and uh, because people are curious about what the Bible says about things. Right. And this is obviously, you know, one of those things. Have you gotten pushback maybe from other um people of faith, other ministers from that? Not that I know of. I I don't know. Um, You know, uh, I don't don't think anybody's ever, you know, really come up to me and just like, I think you're wrong on something like that. Uh, Most people aren't that bold. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, I, I I don't think I've really experienced any, any pushback. Um, I, well, I do you might think, now. Yeah, I'm I might now. Kidding. Exactly. That's <laughs> fine. Teasing. Yeah. Um, we can share my email address later. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't think that there, there's really a whole lot of pushback. I don't know that there is uh, a lot of conversation that goes on about it. Right. You know, until it happens. Well, the reason I ask that is because um, whether people believe that or not, there is a, a train of thought that mm-hmm. that's a good prevention method oh, yeah. for people. Um, so kind of the question to you is, is where's, and you already said, it's a fine yeah. line, where's the line of telling somebody something within the Bible or, or what mm-hmm. that you know is not true right? and trying to prevent them from doing something to themselves or, or whatever? You, yeah. Follow me? Yeah. So what are your thoughts in that? Well, if I had somebody who came up to me and just wanted to argue with me. Right. You know, then uh, they're like, well, no, you know, somebody commits suicide, they go to hell. Um, I would probably be a little brash and just hand them a Bible and say, show me. Right. You, you know, <laughs> I like that. Because <laughs> that's just me being argumentative and just, you know, like that. But in, in, in the, you know, the, the pastoral counseling side of things, it, it is it is a fine line and it's it, it's a difficult one. Um, I don't know if this answers the question or not, but um, in the last time I did, you asked for it here at the church is just a few months ago. And uh, I announced the Sunday before 
that, hey, next week I'm going to be answering this question. I know that you know some of you all have got questions about this mm-hmm. and yada, yada, yada. Well, I was approached by somebody um, after that service, and they just came up to me and they said, um, hey, I need to know what you're going to say next week. And I was like, okay, can you, you know, just tell me, tell me what's going on. And she said, uh, my, my husband killed himself. And um, I want to know, are you going to tell my daughter next week that he's in hell? Wow. And it was just like, uh, oh. That's pretty heavy. Yeah, and, and I was just like, oh, no, not one bit. You know, and at the same time, I think, um, I, I never asked her, um, but I, I wonder if she's asking that question too. Right. And not just for her daughter. Right. You know, and I know that she didn't believe that, and I, I didn't believe that, you know, either, because... Um, but but anyway, so as we're walking through those lines, you know, right. it, it, it is... Uh, it's a perspective thing. It is. So depending on... Um, one of the reasons why this question came to me was because my brother, who mm-hmm. is a licensed counselor, a therapist, he um, works in an environment, or he did work in an environment of like a hospital. Mm-hmm. So like crisis, you know, yeah. people in crisis. And... Um, if the person had faith, he mentioned that he's willing to use that, mm-hmm. though he doesn't believe in himself. Right. He was willing to use that to buy some time to, gotcha. you know, to bring that person yep. down or to maybe, you know, make them think twice. Um, but he's a counselor. Right. Versus a minister, which puts you in a harder, harder yeah. place, which always puts you in a harder place because you're a minister. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, like I think that, you know, if I were sitting down, you know, w- with somebody and they're, they're asking that question and I can tell it's not a theological question, that it's a permission question, you know, I, I, I will be honest with them, mm-hmm. you know, and say, you know what, from what I can tell, you know, the, the Bible doesn't condemn it as an unforgivable sin, but... But but here's the the deal, you know. It's like, don't risk your inter- eternity. Right. You on know, what I say. On what I'm saying. <laughs> no, just, basi- well, I mean, seriously, right. on that, it's <laughs> like you know, because the Bible is silent on this. Right. Now we we could sit and we could debate and we could argue that if you know God wanted to make sure that that was absolutely clear to us, then He probably would have. You know. Right. We we could do that, but the Bible is kind of just oddly silent on this idea of suicide and so we are taking principles we are inferring things and so don't risk your eternity uh based off of one dark moment or multiple dark moments right you know don't don't give in to this let's see how can we get the help that that we need you know and uh move move uh, ahead in this and how can we walk alongside of it? how can i help you find people you know to do that um I also think yeah. that this idea of, um, y- you know, it's an old idea of somebody saying you go straight to hell if you mm-hmm. kill yourself. And I think part of it stems from fear. Just, oh, I mean, um, suicide, as as I have, you know, started working through this podcast, I see that, I mean, that this is a very fearful subject for people. Mm-hmm. People, even people that haven't experienced it yeah. are very fearful of it. So, it's safe, better safe than sorry, or yeah. I'm afraid, exactly what we've been talking about. Yeah. I'm afraid if I don't tell you that, then I'm... Giving you permission. Right. Yeah, and it's, sometimes it's even a, um, I've noticed this as well, that you know if we're dealing with somebody that we think you know, is uh, you know, either leaning towards it or could possibly be dealing with suicidal thoughts, 
you know, it's like, well, do I even say anything? Right. You know, because if I bring it up, is that just going to make them do it? Or yeah. they, or am I going to plant a thought in their mind? You know, it's like, yeah. oh, you know, I hadn't thought of that. You know, maybe that is what right. I'm going to do. And so it is. Although we know that that's probably not true. Oh, 100% not. Our brain and our minds, they just play those tricks on us. Right. And it, it keeps us to... Um, fear is really a powerful tool. It is. And it keeps us from reaching out to people who need to be reached out to. Um, just it, it, it's an ugly it's an ugly cycle. Yeah. So I want to ask you, um, unfortunately, this topic is hot in the media because it is on the rise nationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not just talking about our community, but in the country just wanted to hear any thoughts of what you think about that why yeah i I thought it was interesting i I was actually listening to a podcast on my way home from lunch uh today and uh, it was on this topic believe it or not and um, i might have to get that one for me later (laughs) it's 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 good and um what they pointed out was is that worldwide suicide's down okay in the united states it's up 30 percent and so there there is something going on here and you know, um, I have theories that are personal theories, aren't backed by research or anything like right. that. You know, are but you willing to share those? Sure. I, I mean, you know, I always tell people I've got, I have theories too. Yeah, Let's I've talk got, theories. I've got opinions and theories by the buckets. So, but I, I think that you know we are we're in a culture to where uh, addiction is, is prevalent, uh, whether that be alcohol, drug, uh, pornography. You know those things and I think those make you more susceptible towards you know these kind of tendencies or these thoughts um we have a lot of abuse that takes place you know physical emotional sexual abuse that makes you more you know susceptible to things like suicide and then all it takes or not all it takes but um a crisis moment occurs in your life and that's like pouring fuel on a fire right and you know, I know it's been a decade, but good grief, it still feels like the aftermaths of the economic collapse in 2008, nine, however you want to date it, um, still is felt. That's a fear people have. Right. You know, and so um, it's like I lose my job. I have no other recourse. How am I going to take care of my family? And so there's just this lack of hope that is there. There's a lack of uh, being able to look down the road. Uh, not even a year, sometimes even a day, right. you know, two days. Um, I think that, and this is all Adam thinks kind of stuff, but, you know. That might be a podcast, yeah, Adam, Adam Thinks. thinks. <laughs> um, and uh, my mom would love it. She would absolutely <laughs> love it. But um, I, I think that the the way that we have devalued life in our country, um, I think that plays into it, you know, Um because if, if we're taught that, you know, life really doesn't matter, you know, then and it doesn't matter, if, you know, young, old or whatever, then what's to say my life matters? Right. And so it just it's just a chipping away of uh, just the value of who we are. You know, we're created in God's image. But where do you hear that now? Right. I mean, outside of, you know, church folks and, and that stuff. I mean, that's not something that's just like passed along you know that there's value in life that we that we uh that it's precious you know we don't try to take it right and it's just not there you know in, anymore it's just missing it's missing well thoughts about um 
our high rate of suicide, or I, I hesitate, maybe I shouldn't, um, I'm not trying to sensationalize, yeah. but our increased rate yes. of suicide yeah. in this county. Yeah. Any thoughts on that closer to home? No, I tell you, whenever you sent me that one, uh, that, that specifically this, this, this question here, it actually does cause more questions for me more than anything, because it's like, so are we in a county to where addiction's more prevalent? Are we in a county to where abuse is more, you know, prevalent? Um, you know, what's our jobless rate? You, you know, just started, right. you know, what are the, the mental health issues that are that are going on here? Um, I, I think that uh, mental health is one of those huge things that just isn't, it isn't talked about. Um, I know anytime I mention it in a sermon, you know, talking about go see a counselor, go take some medicine, you know, or, you know, uh, those things. I, so I get pe- can we rerun yeah. just a second? You mentioned take medicine. Yeah. Um, I know there is some thought in some circles of faith mm-hmm. that you shouldn't take medicine or depression. Yeah. You know, that is something you should pray through or, right. or whatever. Any thoughts? Uh, absolutely. We should be praying through our depression and working through our depression, you know, on that as well. Um, but I think that we are fortunate enough to live in a time to where through chemistry, we've got ways of doing things. I love what Rick Warren said. Um, he, he was talking about this subject and he said, you know, if I take a pill because my heart's not working or my liver's not working, nobody says a lick about that. Right. But if I have to take a pill because my brain's not working, I should be ashamed of that. That doesn't make any sense. And that's kind of how I feel, you know, um, that we, we do have advantages of chemistry and it's, it, once again, it's not the extreme of I'm only going to pray through this or I'm only going to medicate this. It's like, how can we partner these things together? Right. They're not mutually exclusive. They're not mutually exclu- exclusive. And uh, this all or nothing kind of thinking, you know, on some things just it doesn't work. Right. You know, there's some things where that does work. Yeah. But I think there, there's a lot of middle ground that can be found here. And uh, that's kind of kind of how I how I approach it. And so. You know, in our county, are we seeing more mental health issues that are going unaddressed? Um, I mean, you know, like I know, um, that most people who are clinically depressed don't receive the treatment they need. Right. You know, it just doesn't happen. Um, And so why not? You know, why is there this stigma attached to uh, being able to say, uh, you know, I don't have everything together right now. I got a problem. Right. You know. And um, somehow we got to break through that. And um, like I said, I know whenever I preach on this or I talk about it, I'll have people either coming up to me after services or I'll get the emails or I'll get the phone calls and the text of just, thank you for saying something. Right. You know, because it's this thing that we feel like we've got to fight on our own. And I think that goes back to another reason why I think that, you know, if you're, you're asking why, do we, why are we seeing this taking place, people are lonely. You know, right. and we've, we've cut off but community. At, <clears throat> at this time, supposedly, we're more connected yeah, than ever that. before. I don't buy that for a second. <laughs> I'm of that line of thinking as well. I, f- I wonder how much social media and the digital age is contributing to this issue oh, because yeah. of the isolation. Absolutely. It's, it's isolation. Um, we only see everybody else's highlights. You know, nobody ever, you know, posts the picture of them straight out of bed, you know, and they've got one eyelid closed because <laughs> of their allergies or something. We and only the goop coming out of the And the, the goop coming out of the corner <laughs> of our eyes. We, we don't see it. We, you know, everything is so produced and, um, you know, filtered and it just makes it appear like everybody's got their junk together. But, right. 
secretly, nobody's got their junk together, you know, and right. until we can get to the place to where we're, we're free to say that, um, to where at least we're honest enough to quit portraying something that, that's not, you know, I think it just keeps shoving that stuff down. You know, social media, it's, it's, it's cotton candy, you know, yeah. it's, you can eat a whole bunch of it and you might feel like you're full for a little bit, but you'll be sick later. Right. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not complete. Right. You know, it can offer some things, but it can't offer true interaction. Which leads into the thought mm -hmm. of um, what is the church's responsibility here? I think the church, what we need to be doing is we need to be paving the way of saying you can't be spiritually healthy if you're mentally and emotionally unhealthy. That right. Those things are all connected. You know, the, the idea that we can just, you know, segment off our lives and say, this is the spiritual part of my life, this is the mental part of my life, this is the emotional part of my life. And, uh, you know, spiritually, I'm going to read my Bible every day, I'm going to pray and do all the things I'm supposed to do, great things. Um, but emotionally, you know, I'm still a six-year-old, you know, and mentally, I'm dealing with this addiction, this and this and this, or, you know, this baggage over here that I've never processed. And think that it's not going to affect everything is uh, it's just a fool's errand, you right. know. And so the church, what we've got to be doing is just kind of holistically be, you know, preparing people, teaching people, modeling for people, true spiritual health, true emotional health, you know, mental health. Um, I think it starts at the top. You know, our, our leaders need to be emotionally and spiritually healthy. Um, need to model that in our in our families and uh, how we approach work and you know just go down the list. And uh, so we model that. But then, too, we've got to start opening up those conversations. You know, and we got to tell people, it's like, if you're struggling with mental illness, if you're struggling with mental health, um, one of the biggest lies of the devil is that you can handle this on your own. Right. You know, and that nobody else understands what's going on. This is just all you. And it's because you're just a, you know, just a, a broken person. And, you know, you'll never be fixed. You just, you know, we've got to, got to help people see that's not the case. Right. You know, um, I remember talking to a, to a counselor about this. I was just like, how can I help my people in my church understand that this is just this is just a part of life that some people need? Right. You know, that we don't need to be ashamed and say, you know, like, I just tell people in a dark corner I went to a counselor or something like right, that. It's right, right. Like, no, you know, just like I, if, I, if I had a problem with my shoulder, I would go to an orthopedic, you know, right. and I would get that all fixed up. If I've got a problem with... You know, some of the things that I've experienced or, uh, you know, issues that we're dealing with, I might need somebody to go talk to. Right. And get some help. And it's not like, you know, you're committing to doing that for the rest of your life. Right. You know, um, you know people go for it for six months and, you know, it's like, yeah, that was the best six months of my life, you know, because I was able to process through some of the junk and the baggage I was going through. And, um, you know, they're like, I'm, I'm in a good place now. So how can we help people see that that's the right thing? I, I think something else, too, um, so I'm just sitting here thinking about it, is uh, as the church, we need to find a better way to network our resources and uh, to find outlets. And so, like, in Walton County, at least as far as my knowledge goes, it's hard to find uh, places to send people for counseling and, you know, psychiatric help. Right. I know of, I think, one, maybe two um, but most of the time, frankly, I'm referring people over to Athens 
Um, you know, it's like, right. here's where to go because here's this and, you know, I know these people are good and da-da-da-da-da. Right. And so maybe there's something there. I, I don't know. Well, and even if the resources are here, helping people navigate them. Mm-hmm. Um, through my research of trying to find out all the resources we have, I haven't found one, like, go-to place yep. that lists everything. I'm confused, and yeah. I am an educated person, and yeah. I'm not experiencing crisis or having problems yeah. at this moment. At this moment, so yeah. if I am having trouble, how do we expect people in crisis mm-hmm. or um, who might have, you know, not the education level that yeah. we have to to navigate this system? Oh yeah, yeah. And then you got the flip side of it too. It's just it's scary. Right. You know, because, um, uh, you know, it's like, well, if I send my kid or if I send, you know, if I go over there or my wife goes over there, you know, how do I know this doctor's not going to tell her just to leave me, you know, Um, or, you you know, something like that. So there's just like this, this fear. I thought you were going, hinting at the admitting you have a problem. Well, that too. I mean, just, I mean, that's just like the first biggest step to take, you know, it's just saying, yeah, I've got a problem here. And, um, yeah, I know speaking from the testosterone side of the room, you know, that's, that's a hard thing to do, right? you know, and, um, you know, so that, that, that is a huge part of it. It's a, it's a fearful thing. It's a, it's a frightening thing to actually. And you know, it is mostly men that, yeah. I mean, the rate of suicide is much higher for men yeah. than for women. Absolutely. That's not by accident. <laughs> no, no, it's not because there's just something of. Um, you know, about us as men, it's just like, I should be able to handle this. Right. And um, if I can't handle it, then I'm going to try harder and I'll handle it. it you know, right. and it's just a, it can become a defeating cycle. So I think that we kind of danced around it or covered it in the sense of, do you think that the church is failing? Failing might be too strong of a word. Um, I think we can do more and we can do better. That's kind of my motto anyway, you know, is we can always right. do more and we can always do better. Um, I, I do think that in the past that the, the church has not probably done the best job that it could. Um, I don't ever want to sound critical of previous right. ministry styles or any of those kind of things because it was the different culture. Right. Yeah. And we're talking about the church as a whole nationally. Yeah. I mean, we're not specifically talking about Corinth. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Definitely. No. Or in our Walton County. Yeah. The church in Walton County. Yeah. No. And it's just like, I think that, you know, the, the, the culture shifts that have taken place have been so you know massive in scope that um, it, it just... It kind of caught everybody by surprise, I guess, you know, that people would actually want to and be willing to talk about these things out loud. So that brings me to a really interesting thought, which is, um, so yesterday I had a conversation with someone, a personal story, mm-hmm. um, who had lost her husband mm-hmm. to suicide. And um, one of the things we talked a lot about is bad things happen in the dark. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else... Yeah. The church talking about this, yes. which I think you've made huge strides, yeah. um, and I totally give you complete props for that, and and just the fact that I think that's huge. Yeah. I mean, even though you and I are not going to solve this problem today, no. as much as I wish we could, yeah. we could have some great ideas, I'm yeah. sure, but it's going to take way more than Corinth yeah. doing it and, and being willing to talk about it, which I, I am... And, 
and not trying, I'm not being judgmental by saying this, but I did contact several ministers mm-hmm. in this community and you are the only one that responded to me. Yeah. What do you think that says? I don't know. Um, they're busy. They're, they are busy. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're busy. And, you know, so I, I don't know about that. I do think that um, the, can I, I just turned 40 this week, so hopefully I can still call myself. Yeah, I told you, you finally got a, I am. a place I'm in at the, the cool kids table. Um, so <laughs> hopefully I can still call myself a part of the younger generation. Uh, but the, the, I am <laughs> totally for that. <laughs> but um, the... Uh, the the, the guys that are, you know, that are kind of in my generation, a little bit older than I am, too, I think that there is a more willingness to, to speak a, about this issue because we've grown up with it. I mean, um, you know, kids started taking, you know, uh, uh, ADD or what are those meds? Ritalin. Uh, Ritalin, Ritalin and all right. those kind of things. You know, like that's like, like that's my generation. Right. You know, we're the first like medicated kids. <laughs> Um, and so it's become, it's, we laugh, but it's not funny. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. It, it, but it's, it is, um, our generation, you know, we started labeling these things or our parents, I guess, technically are the ones that started labeling these things. And mm-hmm. so it's been a part of our life since we grew up, you know, that there are people with, you know, um, issues and those kind of things that, um, need to be dealt with and taken care of. Um, whereas like my parents' generation, it was never like that. You know, you just, you know, it's just like, well, that, that kid just is hyper or, you know, right. that's just what we do. And so I think that I'm going about this a long way. That because people in my generation and the generations you know following me have been brought up with this, I think that you will see the church start to talk about this more um, because it is just a part of our common language now. Right. And so hopefully, shining light into the darkness of this and bringing it out into the forefront. I'm not talking like. We should be talking about it every single Sunday right. kind of thing, you know, but um, it's something that, that, that people are dealing with, and if we don't talk about the things people are dealing with, then we're not helping them. Right. Well, and I say, um, like in that 2016 statistic that I mentioned, that raw number was 21 people mm-hmm. in Walton County that took right. their life that year. If we had a disease or if we had a serial killer right. in Walton County that took 21 yeah. lives, we would be talking about it. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of ask people, think about that. Yeah. You know, we would be talking about this, and, and which just shows us that this topic is hard. Oh, it is so difficult to talk about. Whether um, you are close to it or not. Yeah. It is hard. It is hard to figure out, you know, like we were talking about before, walking the line between mm-hmm. giving somebody permission and making them feel better. And, and depending on who you're talking to, it, it is complicated. Oh, insanely complicated. You know, and I, I think that as you're, you know, as you're talking to somebody, you know, kind of in that situation, it's hard because, um, you know, they could be in that suicide tunnel, you know, to where nothing else makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. And so it's just so. So is that a term that you've coined or is no, that? No, it's something that I've. Suicide tunnel. I haven't mm-hmm. heard that. Yeah. And it's just that that's the only thing they can see. Okay. That's the only way out, you know. And so. That's uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. There it's, is no light, though. They're okay. stuck in that tunnel. They, I see. They, all they can see is, this is the only way I can get out of this. It is my ending my life. And uh, so there, there's no light. It's all darkness. But whenever we're on the outside of that tunnel trying to talk to them, you know, it's like it's just kind of bouncing around. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know. That's a good analogy, yeah. I think. Um, so when I was having an, a conversation with a lieutenant at the sheriff's office who 
is very close to this issue because someone actually ended their life in front of him. Okay. Um, he said something very poignant, and I just wanted to mention it to you to see your mm-hmm. thoughts about it. But he said when someone decides to commit suicide, a lot of times it's about ending pain, mm-hmm. whatever that pain mm-hmm. is. And they th- they think that it's the end of the pain, but he said it's really not yeah. because uh, that pain is only transferred yeah. to the people around them. So their pain still exists and lives on. Yep. It's just even more people end up carrying it. Yep. I thought that was hugely insightful. Oh. I was, but so I had never heard that before, but... What are your thoughts about that? I mean, there's nothing you can add to that. I mean, that's that's 100 percent right. You know, um, you know, you're you're in that place. You think that this is going to end it all. This is going to you know make everything easier for everybody, um, but it doesn't. So, in our parting words, mm-hmm. um, what can you offer up? Um, you know, a lot of this has been a conversation about hope, which I mm-hmm. think hope um, and suicide, you know, hand in hand. Yeah. What are your your words to someone who may be having thoughts and struggling yeah. with suicidal thoughts, or you know a loved one who's trying to support someone? Yeah. What are your thoughts? What are your what are your words? I, I think to somebody who's in, in, in the midst of you know struggling with depression, struggling with um, you know suicidal thoughts, um, I, I think I would just say there, there's no shame in reaching out for help. You know, I know that you are thinking that nobody understands, that there's nobody who's going to listen, that there's nothing that can be there, uh, or nothing that will help. Um, but there, there's no shame, you know, and part of that, that most difficult step is actually just saying, all right, I'm going to try to find some help. Um, because it's, it's not the answer. It, it's never the answer. You know, you, you think it's an answer, but it's not. It's a, it's a false answer. And you really do. You leave a wake of more pain uh, than than uh, you would ever imagine. And so um, I, I would say you need to reach out to somebody big time on that. You know, that, that's the biggest thing that you can do, whether it's a, a doctor, a counselor, a pastor, a friend, or, or somebody there. Um, you, you need to reach out. And, um, you know, in, in the midst of the hopelessness uh, that, they, that you might be feeling in this moment, um, I think that the question I would ask is, um, what if in this period of pain and in this period of darkness, um, God is trying to teach you something? Uh, God's trying to teach you something about His grace and His His love. You know, you don't want to yeah. miss out on that. You know, Paul talks about this uh, time whenever he goes through this uh, period of torment. Um, it's um, He's begging to God, take this away, take this away. It's this thorn. Nobody knows what it is. But he said in the end, he realized that God had something else in mind, that his grace was sufficient for him in his weakness, and that through his weakness, he was experiencing more of God's strength. And so, you know, we think that you know, okay, this is just this is just going to kill me. This is just going to kill me. There's no no way out. What if it is something that God wants to use to make you stronger, to make you better? And then for those who are, um, you know, they love somebody who's going through this. Um, uh, just heard this quote today. It's from uh, Dr. John Walker. He's up at Blessings Ranch in uh, Colorado. And this is what he says: he says we can only influence people. We can't control them. 
And so we do everything we can to influence them, but we, we need to remember that we're not going to be able to, to control them. And so um, especially for those who have already lost somebody you know, to suicide and maybe they're blaming themselves. Right. Like, I could have done more. I could have said this. Or, you know, I should have done this. In, in the end, we can influence, but we can't control. Right. And so um, don't beat yourself up for that. And then, too, I'd say to them, get the help that you need. You need people to walk through this with. So is, um, is your door open oh, to yeah. people in the community outside of our absolutely. church here? A- absolutely. Are you willing to share your email address or sure. uh, uh, your contact information if yeah. people listening would, would like to talk to you? Yeah, I'm, Whichever I'm, one you want to, yeah. if you want to say. Yeah, it, it's, it's really difficult. It's adam at corinth.cc. Oh. So C-O-R-I-N-T-H dot C-C. That is super simple. Yep. Thank you so much, Adam. I think you have shed a lot of light on a very dark topic, and um, I think you are really helping to lead the way in this community. I hope that through our conversation, I hope through this podcast, that we're shedding more light and, and we're drawing some attention to something that is a problem and that, if nothing else, just talking about it makes it more possible for prevention to happen. Absolutely. So thank you so much. I appreciate you being with us today. Absolutely. And great job on you. And uh, I'm really glad that you're starting these conversations for our community. So thanks. Awesome. Thanks. This podcast is brought to you by Walton Wellness, Inc. and the Walton County Healthcare Foundation. Email us at waltonwellness at gmail.com. Find us on the web at waltonwellness.org, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you.